Hi, I'm Debbie Kitterman, and welcome to Dare to Hear the Podcast, where we encourage you and equip you and challenge you to dare to hear the voice of God in your life. Well, I am delighted and excited to introduce you to this week's guest, Josh. And Josh is a graduate of Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry, an official school and a church plant from Bethel Reading. He works as a media manager at Bethel Atlanta Church. Um, and also, Josh, I'm going to put this piece in there that today you're also a certified financial SOZO counselor. Because oh, I want to talk about that because I know about SOZO, but I've never heard this piece. You're the author of the book Encounters, Pressing into your abundant heavenly supply, which was released on your 40th birthday. So, yay! That is a great accomplishment. And you're also the co host for the Abundant Encounters podcast that you do with your wife, Mary. And you mm -hmm. live in Tyrone, Atlanta, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, right? That's correct. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm excited because I really love this book of yours where you share a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm already going to tell my listeners, this is going to be a two-part episode. We've already determined two-part episode. So you're going to want to stay tuned. So yeah. Josh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Debbie. I just, uh, it's such a delight to be here. Well, your book, Encounters, um, I've actually been reading this, and you talk a lot about in there about this 365 days of encounters that you had. You talk about uh, the importance of encounters. You give us activations, which mm -hmm. everybody that follows my podcast knows I'm all about activations and homework. So, like, we're right there with each other. We're in sync. Yeah, definitely. So, I think it's important not to just read the stuff, but do the stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if, uh, you know, learning these days, you got to have some way to put it into action or it's just entertainment. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I love that. I was one mm -hmm. of the things when my book, uh, The Gift of Prophetic Encouragement first came out, I had somebody that was reading it and they said, I knew how much time I needed to read it to write an endorsement and I was mad at you. And I said, why are you mad at me? She said, because you had all these activation exercises at the end. And so I had to stop and do them. <laughs> I'm like, well, thank you. I guess. I guess if you're going to be mad at me, it should be for that. Right. Um, yeah. So I was, you know, so I loved it when I got into your book and that there was actually um, prayers, activation exercises, places for us to really write questions, that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed mm -hmm. um, your book and I'm going to enjoy talking with you and kind of breaking it down a little bit. So for my listeners, I've already told them it's two parts. First part is we're going to talk about your story. We're going to talk about your book. And I'm going to just have you share some stuff. And then the second part, we're going to talk about encounters. And then you're going to lead us in a guided activation of encounter. And exciting. I'm excited for that. So those of you that are listening, yes, you have to stay tuned to next week for that one. But let's get started. Let's kind of lay this foundation since your book is called Encounters. And since you're right. going to lead us in one later, I think it's probably a really good thing for you to actually tell us what an encounter is. I would love to, Debbie. Um, so encounters, from my perspective, ended up being kind of like a little wineskin that the Lord used to just help me understand what he had been doing um, really all my life. Um, it helped me understand because it was um, basically it's just the idea that um, the moments that we know that God are real, God is real, is, is, are valuable. Those moments are very valuable. And so that allowed me to kind of even take a look back at my life even before I got saved and see that God had had, had moments with me that he had shared to 
um, you know, either save my life uh, or, um, you know, even just uh, make me smile or there's just so many ways that God actually does connect with us in our life. And I think um, it's really important that we begin to, to value these things. Uh, I think it has everything to do with the revival that God's pouring out on the earth. And uh, I might be getting ahead of myself a little bit, but uh, they're important. That's okay. We're just going to go wherever the spirit directs us today. So we're awesome. not going to get ahead of ourselves at all. <laughs> we're going to keep the really, you know, the, the, the guided part tell part two, but we can go wherever we want in this part. You say yeah. in your book that God is not short on encounters and yeah. you know, cause I, somebody listening today might go, okay, well that's good for Josh or that's good <laughs> for so-and-so, or that's good for Debbie, but eh, I'm not so Sure. So how would you respond to somebody that might be thinking that um, in light of your words that God is not short on encounters? You know, um, I've had some dramatic encounters where um, God just showed up. I've, I've seen people healed. I've seen people delivered uh, from demons. And I've, I've been myself delivered from demonic oppression. And um, uh, I've seen God do wild, uh, crazy things that were just that blew my mind and let me know that he was real. But I've also just had lots of little moments um, where God continually told me that he was real. Uh, You know, kind of a big encounter that's really common that a lot of people have is um, uh, when my, when my father passed away, I was 15 years old. Um, The night, that same night I had a dream that where I was half asleep, half awake and, um, and my dad spoke to me and uh, told me everything was going to be okay in that dream. And that was, um, you know, that was before I got saved. I didn't really have this uh, a relationship with God. And I didn't think of God as being kind or um, helpful in that way. And, um, but still this, this provision was coming from heaven and I just didn't know much about it. I didn't have a way to interpret it um, that way, but that didn't help. I mean, that didn't stop it from actually increasing, um, you know, uh, like just peace in my life. um, God's peace. Well, let's talk about that because part Mm -hmm. of a a big part of your book encounters really talks about our testimonies and our stories. Mm -hmm. And you really break it down at the end in some of the appendixes about how to how to break down your testimony how yeah. to, the importance of your testimony how you can do this so why don't you share yeah. your testimony with us oh yeah i'd love to you know i believe testimonies are are like little containers they're kind of like a wallet you know that you can store the encounters in and uh you you can hand them out to people so mm-hmm. i love my testimony god really did uh when i was uh, 27 years old he um he kind of took me out of what i, I mean after years and years of, uh, of trying everything, but God, um, he, he, uh, he came through the veil <laughs> and after me and rescued me from, from myself really. So, I mean, I did it, it did it all, you know, to be cliche, but I, I, uh, did drugs. I did alcohol. My, my brother and my dad both committed suicide at different times in my life. And I also had a lot of friends commit suicide. It was super irregular. This was not the common American experience. Um, I found out that later, I, I, um, but uh, I attempted suicide several times in my life, and I, I suffered from suicidal thoughts, which I always assumed had, had were just coming from me. Um, but God did a lot to show me that um, you know there was an oppression in my life uh, that came down from my from my father, and um, and so. 
so, um, you know, through when God came and he rescued me from myself, I mean, I was actually the last thing I was trying was being a good person. So I, to me, that's profound. You know, I mean, even being a, a good person doesn't work. Um, I had given up drugs and, I, I, you know, for the most part and some of that stuff. And but I was um, I was uh, trying to climb the mountain of academia and doing really well. I had a, a summa cum laude and I was, you know, 4.0 GPA and just working it as hard as I could. And uh, I ended up getting a job at like a managerial consulting firm, um, and which was my dream. And I thought that would fulfill me. Had a nice car, a beautiful apartment in downtown San Diego, California. And um, I just thought I had it all. And um, but then I still had this emptiness and I couldn't get rid of it. So I still... Um, began to just turn towards uh, drugs and alcohol and uh, and uh, one night I, I tried to kill myself um, in, in hopes not not a real intentional effort but I was really hoping I could drink myself to death kind of just in that mindset and um, and you know I told I I said you know what if God if you are real then what I would really appreciate is if you would just kill me <laughs> and I, I didn't want to like understand yeah <laughs> right I didn't want to live I didn't want to like um, be uh, have a new life or uh, whatever other options I had heard about from uh, passing Christians in my life you know um, I just wanted to be done and over with it and um, that next morning I woke up and um, and it was like a, a brand new reality I had no idea what was going on. It was only four hours later, so I really should have had some kind of uh, lasting effect from the alcohol. Or, um, but there was, there was nothing. I felt so good. I, I felt refreshed and renewed, and so I decided to go for a jog. Um, I, I share this in the book extensively, but I went for a jog in the park, and I had an open vision, which I did not have a box for. I had no idea what was happening, but I, I, in, a, in a sense, I kind of suspected that I might be losing my mind and um, actually, you know, that I was schizophrenic or yeah. potentially, uh, but I was seeing with my eyes um, the way that I see anyone. Um, a, a vision of uh, demons uh, covering the horizon as far as I could see. And there were so many of them I couldn't count. And um, they didn't look exactly the same, but they looked really similar. And, um, and so what, what happened from there is um, I just kept jogging, um, it's partly in fear and not knowing what to do with what I was experiencing. Yeah. And um, as I'm running, um, the Apostle Paul uh, ran up on my right and I knew who he was. I hadn't spent a lot of time in the Bible, but I still had this just fruitful understanding, kind of a prophetic sense, I suppose. Yeah. And, um, and it, I, I knew it was him and he shared things with me, but I don't remember what they were. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is I didn't have like this appetite for stewardship of yeah. testimonies and encounters like I do now. Um, but uh, after that, the apostle Peter uh, came up and I do remember him because he was, he was so funny. He made me laugh. And um, he was a he was a tall, wonderful human uh, human being, you know. And um, he uh, he just he he brought me into a place of joy, and that was pretty miraculous because I hadn't experienced joy in so long. I'd become yeah. such a serious and stoic individual, you know, I, wearing ties every day, um, and just working in that business world and being a, a high high profile individual. And, um, and so it was just 
yeah, I'd become pretty stuffy. And so laughing was a big deal. <laughs> and then, yeah. and, and he just, he, he had an imagination. He was, he was, he was telling me that, you know, just whatever you can dream of, um, you can use to kill these demonic forces that are surrounding you. And so I, um, he said, remember video games. And I hadn't played video games in a long time, but I remembered, you know, video games are pretty violent whenever I uh, back in the nineties, you know, when I was playing them. So, um, I would, you know, I started with a sword and, um, and I just started killing these things and they were, they were shattering like glass. And it was interesting, you know, even, um, in the sense that everything has meaning, um, you know, it's like a raw identity is, is this, I think Blake Healy says that, um, I love that quote, but, uh, it, I was, uh, seeing stuff that was, that meant that had layers of meaning. And, um, so when these things, they look so intimidating and so, um, so fierce, but really just the the slightest little touch and they would fall to pieces. And that kind of gave me a glimpse, helped me understand a little something about what, uh, demonic forces really have to, have to, um, threaten us with, and it's not very strong. It's just intimidation. Graham Cook, I think, talks about intimidation being, um, you know, like a cheap, uh, like item, uh, um, you know, like in, in the devil's inventory, like he can just throw it out whenever he wants to. And that's what he uses the most because it's so inexpensive and it creates fear and it, it shuts us down. So, so yeah. And then with this experience, Jesus came into this open vision and I saw him and what rocked me was that I was looking into the kindest. I'd never seen kind eyes before, honestly, like, but the kindness in his eyes was so profound that it shook me. All I'd known was, um, was the religious idea of who Jesus was, that he was important for my salvation and those kind of things. But this meant something different. It meant that like one, he knew me, he called me by my, by my name, by my shortened name. So not even Joshua, but Josh. So that shocked me and wasn't a very religious thing for him to do. Um, And then just the kindness, it, it just overwhelmed me. It was just like, wow, Jesus is kind. How is he kind? Like, why would he even think of me and care about my situation? And so that left me processing for quite some time. But a very short time after that, um, well, the, the, you know, of course, I came out of the open vision and tried to go back to my, my life and those kind of things, just wondering where to put all that and all that I experienced and, um, you know, not really knowing what to do with it. Uh, it's about a couple weeks later, the Lord had set me up so that I got saved <laughs> more officially in the church and yeah. got baptized and those wonderful things. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it even blows my mind a little bit that God was so, um, so after me, you know, yeah. he came after me. He wasn't waiting on me to get something right or like figure something out about him or even make a devotion to him. He just, yeah. he just wanted to rescue his son. And, um, it was great. You know, he was a father to the fatherless. Yeah. Which is, is so powerful. Like all of the stories and encounters and things that you share in here mm-hmm. are so good. There's a quote that I want to read from page 80. Oh, awesome. Um, and, and it's out of the chapter, the encounters that made, um, made me a son. Oh. And you say this, you said, um, our lives are not about defeating the enemy. Our mm-hmm. lives are about living from victory. The image of Christ risen with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. If we spend our time on earth fighting, then we miss out on the life and victory we've been given. Awesome. 
And I think that was like right after you were sharing the testimony of Mm -hmm. this open vision that was before you were even officially saved, that that God was intentional. He was purposeful. He was chasing you down, but yet he was right there in the midst of it too, to uh, bring pieces that you needed in the moment to really see who he really is, who he really was, not so much Mm -hmm. what the world said he was. And yes, I just thought that was, I just thought that was so good. Um, okay. You said something else in, um, and it just went out. So maybe it'll come back <laughs> about, as you were sharing the testimony about, about the, our encounters. Oh, I know it was that you weren't um, intentional about stewarding it mm. early on. And that was one of the things that you talked about towards the end of the book, right? Was that we think that we, and I say this to people all the time, you think you're going to remember spiritual encounters, but yeah. if you don't write them down and if you don't steward them and are intentional, then you will not. And you shared the story about a friend and you and how you had this same encounter. And years later, you're relaying the story. And he's like, what? That happened? Right. Yes, that was such a, I mean, it was just one of the most radical encounters of my life. I, I, um, if I could share that real quick. It, yeah, absolutely. Was, Thank you. Um, so basically, it was a friend, of, a mutual friend of ours who had uh, recently been released from prison. And um, he was giving his life to the Lord. We were so excited for him. And, um, and, it, and he goes up to the front. This is kind of a, a word of faith church. And I remember there was a healing minister that had come to, to town there. And, um, and so he was praying for people. And, and so this, this gentleman, he goes up to the front uh, to receive prayer for his back. He had two slip discs. I didn't know any of this. I just knew the guy and I knew he was in pain. Um, but, um, uh, so my friend and I, we were both ushering on opposite sides of the church and, uh, we both knew him. So we were paying attention. The guy prays for him. And then we watch, he had a tight t-shirt on and, um, we watch a hand, um, come out, out of his spine, almost it looked like, and, uh, make an adjustment. You could see the knuckles really well defined underneath the t-shirt. Wow. So this is a, like a wild encounter um, with like what am I seeing (laughs) so of course the guy did get healed and um and also my friend and I um you know we checked with each other afterwards just to see and and we had both seen the same thing we were like did you see what I saw I just want to make sure I'm not crazy he's like yes I I did so a couple of years go by and this I share in the book uh, a couple of years go by and um I check in with my friend um and um i'm telling him about it he's like and uh he was having trouble remembering i'm like how can you forget (laughs) this amazing (laughs) like moment and then he's like i i do remember now that you're talking about it now i remember it and i I don't know how i could forget something so powerful like that so i think it's interesting that um the the ancient hebrews they would put so much emphasis on um on the testimony and you know they had that uh verbal you know culture um so they weren't necessarily reading they were um they were hearing stories and and the way they looked and celebrated stories um that they were containers they were passing around their inheritance and um so i I believe we have an opportunity to do the same i mean god god is real and he is uh you know i'm not telling these stories to make anyone jealous the lord told me He's like, Josh, you can give that away. 
and really all it is is an idea like uh, and like I said I think earlier um, it's it's a wine skin that allows us to to contain the wine that God is already pouring out mm-hmm. um, so that we can pass it around like that testimony is the wallet so we begin to start making payments and helping other people believe for more and um, so I, I believe wholeheartedly that somebody even listening to your show uh, just having heard uh, that uh, that radical testimony about God's hand um, you know coming in and replacing two discs in this man's back uh, you know that that uh, that gives them a level of permission for faith they're like oh I can believe God for that Um, I actually have two discs in my back that hurt you know maybe I can just believe that God would heal that right now and that is absolutely uh, the point in, in sharing testimony. So yes, yeah. believe for that. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, Revelation nineteen ten that um, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really appreciate about mm-hmm. you and your book is that as you're reading it, you can, you can see that you are um, a man who walks in humility. This is not about here, look at me, see what I've encountered. Now go and do likewise, because you have several chapters in here that talk about becoming what others need or doing this for others or testimonies for others. And it was a mark, like, as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, I like this. I like this Josh guy. I mean, I didn't, I hadn't met you yet. I read your bio. I'm reading your book. But when I got to those chapters and it was like, here's what he did for me. Here's what he can do. But here's what we need to do for other people. Because that was really what Jesus did. He was all about others, even though he came with a purpose. And I appreciated, I appreciate that about you. I really, um, because it's not so much as like, you just present it. It's not like, here it is. This is just the way it is, but this is what we need to be doing for others. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about what Jesus wants to do for others. So can we just get on board and partner with one another and partner with heaven? And that's really, yeah. I mean, it's just evident, um, even talking with you now. And um, mm-hmm. I hope that my listeners can can hear it, that they can see it. But um, to me, it makes you that much more trustworthy. Um, wow. And I don't know. I just... That, that humility piece is so important, especially when people are talking about this. And it is mm-hmm. evident in your book, the fact that you would put that in there, that it's like, it's not just about me. It's not just about you having encounters, but it's what Sorry. we can do for others. So thank wow. you for that. Thank you, Debbie. I, honestly, I, I feel the Lord right now, just like reminding me of this word that he gave me the other day. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, uh, we've been uh, creating leaders in church for a long time and that will never die. God loves leaders. And, um, but there is a time right now that I think that is sensitive of facilitation. Like there's so many people experiencing God today in uh, their own unique and powerful ways that if we pushed into facilitating discussions more like you're doing here, like uh, interviewing uh, people that come onto the show and they've had their own experiences with God and with, with, um, and with the way that, that, that they're processing their experience with God, um, that gives other people just more and more. It's just making the body of Christ richer and richer and richer. And that's, that's the power of facilitation. And I, I almost feel like, um, even though I celebrate every leader and teacher out there, 
uh, we need more facilitation in the church. And I, I you know, and uh, I know myself personally, I, I want to facilitate uh, as much as I can and ask open questions that allow people to give like answers that are coming from their heart, not yes and no stuff, but like real questions that are pulling on people rather than pushing on them. Yeah, which is so good. It's so funny that you said that. So yesterday um, I preached and I said, we're doing things differently. Wow. Always yeah. causes people to go, huh? And, <laughs> and we brought tables into the sanctuary and I just talked for like five to seven minutes on chunks. And then I put up table talk questions and I said, wow. you're the church, have a conversation about what this means to you. And wow. at first, at first they were like, are we supposed to do and uh, then by the by the end right so i'm like how am i going to do you know a, pre a preacher wants to preach right right like more than five or seven minutes and so uh, i'm like how can i give them bite-sized pieces that's enough to drive home the point but gives them space to be able to have conversation around the table and they got in three they got in three questions and by the end everybody was like this was so fun like i learned so much from the people i'm like right. yeah because we just come to church and sit <laughs> So yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because afterwards everybody's like, can we do this again? And I said, actually, I think it's going to kind of be a norm. Like God is working yeah. something in us to step yeah. out of church as normal. And yeah. so I, I appreciate what you just said. Well, yeah. um, I want to wrap up this episode because I yeah. want to jump into the to next week's episode already. Um, I get to experience this in the same day, but my listeners awesome. are going to get to tune in. But can you, um, Josh, tell us how we can connect with you? How can yeah. um, my viewers and my uh, listeners get a copy of your book, Encounters Pressing Into Your Abundant Heavenly Supply? Where can they get that? So uh, the easiest uh, way to connect with us and stay connected with us, which I would love, I want to build community like everybody else, uh, but uh, Abundant Encounters is uh, a podcast that my wife and I put together weekly, and uh, it is filled with the Word of God, um, which builds faith all on its own, and then and then activations where we lead each other into, into encounters, and we lead you into encounters, the listener. Um, so that that's free. It's on every podcast cha podcast channel you can find. Um, love for you to get a hold of that. Abundant encounters, and then also um, if you just want more encounters in your life, buy this book because and it's on Amazon and everywhere you can get books. Um, but it, if you buy it, then uh, we give a Bible in India are um and other places that we're involved with with small groups yeah. so for every book that we sell we give a we give a bible so a biblesforall.com is our website and we would love for you to sign up there as well we just okay. want to connect with as many people as we can that that feel like they they connect with us with any any of our message here that's wonderful. Yeah, when I was reading that, because it's right on the front of your book that yeah. it talks about that, and so I was like, oh, I really, I like this too. Very, very much a heart of generosity. Um, okay, so they can connect with you on your podcast. I'll put the links to also um, in the show notes, so people can click right on that. They can go right to Amazon. They can they can find you there, and then I'll also put the link to your podcast that you and your wife do together. So as we end today's episode, can you um, pray us out or? Um, However the Lord leads you, would you just? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do that? Well, 
Lord, we want to know you. We want to know you, Lord. I just thank you so much, Lord God, that um, there are no accidents. Like everything's intentional with you and everyone is here today on purpose. And they didn't come just to hear another message or be entertained, Lord God. They came to experience you, Father God. And you are generously pouring out your spirit on all of us. Um, this is a beautiful time, Lord God. So I know, I know you well enough to know that you won't hold back one single thing from anyone listening or, or watching today. So Lord, I pray and I ask, Lord God, that you would pour out your the fullness of your glory in their lives, Lord God, whatever that looks like for them. You know them personally. And so I ask for that personal touch, that that genuine knowing like that we want to know you, Lord. And I just thank you for your presence and just covering them and anything that they're dealing with, Lord God, your supply, your heavenly supply, breaking through to, to set them free and put them and put them in a place where they have hope and they have a future and they know their purpose, Lord God. You are so generous, Lord God. So I ask for your generosity, Lord, to pour out on all your kids in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Josh, thank you so much. Listeners, viewers, you're going to want to stay tuned to next week because we're actually going to talk about more encounters, what the Bible says about encounters, and then we're going to be led in an activation to encounter um, on, on the episode. So um, thank you for listening to Dare to Hear the podcast, where we encourage you to dare to hear the voice of God. Thank you for listening today. I'm Debbie Kitterman. If you have been blessed in any way or encouraged, would you please share today's episode? And if you're listening on your favorite um, podcast station, if you could leave us a review so other people can uh, know what you think of it and they can find us as well, that'd be great. Josh, I look forward to having you on next week. And so thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Debbie. This has been a, a blast. I love it. Wonderful. All right. Well, listeners, we'll see you next week. Have a blessed week until then. Shadows of